How's everybody doing? Man, I am really glad to see you. But I tell you what, um, my first thing is I cannot tell if you're like super angry or if you're like loving it. It's so hard. You know, the, the funny thing is I w- I'll, I'll show you what I mean. Some of you are really good at it. Lyndon, um, he kind of spoke to it. Um, some of you are really good at smiling with your eyes. I want to just do a little exercise before we kick off. All right, I'm going to smile, and I want you to put your hand up when you think I'm smiling, okay? Are you ready? You all, I don't know how to smile with my eyes, evidently. And I've worked that out over the last 18 months, that I have no idea how to smile with my eyes. And Hannah said, smile with your eyes, and I go like this. She said, no, you're creepy, don't do that. Hey, it is really, really good to see you. So what I need from you guys today is I need like somewhere between like 8% and 15% going to a rugby match response from you guys. Could you do that for me? Like, instead of like, oh, that's a good thought, you'd be like, yeah, come on. Or maybe that's like 20%. I just need a little bit of help because I haven't got the greatest eyesight and now I can't even see your smiley faces. So I need to hear you. Is that okay? Would you do that for me? Oh, that's good. That's like a good 12.2%. Well done. <laughs> yeah, or a Mexican wave, yeah. Um, okay, so we've got, um, I've got a, a thing on my heart uh, for today. I've been really thinking and praying and talking to friends of mine who are pastors, um, and we have been talking about what people do um, in lockdown and coming out of lockdown. And um, what we have observed is we were just going around the room talking, and we, were, we have observed that there's a lot of clutter in our lives going through lockdown. There's a lot of confusion. There can be a lot of problems and issues. Um, There can be a lot of picking stuff up that you hadn't before. There can be a lot of, I'm not going to do this anymore kind of stuff. And there's a lot of distraction during lockdown. And we've been talking about how I haven't had it as much as other people, but there have been people who have just decided, you know, I'm giving up on my relationship with God, or I'm giving up on my relationship with church, or I'm giving up on a relationship with someone. I'm no longer going to do X, Y, Z because I've been in this environment where it's been a real struggle. And my message this morning is to that. And I think, like, I have an absolute desire and a hunger this morning to communicate one thing. The one thing is this we must keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is God. <laughs> Simple message. But the reason I share it this morning is there are so many distractions. Who's been distracted over lockdown? I'm not even talking deep spiritual stuff. I'm talking like Zoom lessons with a five-year-old. Oh my gosh. Um, And all sorts of other different things, right? There's every, amen, anyone else? Zoom lessons with kids? Yeah. Hannah, amen. Yeah. Oh, the teachers are like, yes. (laughs) Um, And it can be tough. Hey, can I have um, my helpers pop up for me? Um, And I want you guys to picture this morning um, your room. And your room is your internal self. It might be your spiritual self. It might be your emotional self. It might be your mental health. It might be your spiritual walk. It's all of those things. It's your interior life, if you will. Um, And can we have, yeah, like that side on the inside and that on the outside? So it's not too structural looking. Cool. That's perfect. And get them together. Imagine this is my room, which you can see into, because I'm allowing you 
to see into my room. Um, I hope you can see this at home, by the way. And picture this room. In this room, there can be any number of things that we put in this room. And in this space, in this emotional capacity space, there should be things like uh, our relationship with God, right? Um, church relationship, um, marriage, there should be um, family, there should be maybe some hobbies, maybe some other bits and pieces, um, a wedding dress, which the wedding dress is going to represent um, the bride. You know, um, it says in the Bible that, the, that uh, the bride, the church is the bride, okay? So the, 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 uh, the um, what do you call it? The church is the wedding dress. It represents us today. So we've got frying pans because there's like normal everyday stuff. We've got bags. We've got like sometimes we've got to do some cleaning stuff. We've got family stuff. We need the cross in here. Um, we've got things like family. This is where you all go, oh, look how cute he is. And then we got this one. Oh. And then Isaac. Sorry, bro, you're not there. <laughs> I couldn't find all the photos this morning. Let's stick this in here. Hannah, we need a bigger house. Cool. Can we just turn it that way? So here's my room. Now, in lockdown, what I've noticed is that there's a lot of like, I need this. I need to get that. I, 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 you know, I, I, I've got this extra thing that I want to look into. I've got this extra theology I'm adding on. I've got this worldview. And we keep adding to our lives. And ultimately, it should always be about Jesus, right? But there are so many distractions. And hear me out, there are really good distractions like family and Zoom lessons and, and other bits and pieces. But here's what I've observed. People coming out of lockdown, there's this like, oh my gosh, this is too much stuff in here. Who, anyone OCD and freaking out about how messed up this room is? Yeah, I see those hands. Um, and so what you're doing is like, well, I don't, need to, I don't need to cook anymore. Let's just do takeout, nappies. Well, we're going to keep those, otherwise it's a mess. Um, hey, you know, I don't want to, um, I'm going to give up this. I'm not going to do that anymore. And they start moving, cleaning the house. Who needs to do that? Amen. Um, travel, well, right? And, and, and so we're going through stuff and we've got, oh, look. Oh, I've got one of those like filing cabinet things that just fell over and burst everywhere. Quite a good thing, really. <laughs> it, it represents well. But here's the interesting thing. Often we're seeing people go, well, you know what? This is quite clunky. This is quite, I'm changing my viewpoint. I like this freedom over here, but there's this thing that's sort of in the way here, and it's sort of maybe dictating parts of my life, and I, maybe I'll just move this out of the way, just move it to the side. It's no longer in the center, but it's still there. Oh, what about this thing? I think it's fallen down. Does anyone, anyone interested in seeing Hannah's wedding dress? No hands? Okay. I bought it in this morning. Hannah's like, I bought a frying pan and a wedding dress in. And she was like, what? And I was like, hey, I've bought weirder things to church than this, okay? These are a pretty wedding dress. Oh. Do you want to see what it looked like when we danced? No. Okay. So, <laughs> she's not that tall. But anyway, this represents the church, right? The bride of Christ. And you're like, you know what? This has got quite a traily thing. What do they call this? A train. I was like, and you said it with tea. Um, oh, it looks right nice on me, actually. Hmm. Um, 
and you go, well, actually, there's not a lot of room in here. Um, yeah, I've got other stuff here. I've got, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to place this on the side. I'm just going to move that to the side. Actually, no, I don't, they look quite messy. Sorry, Hannah. And do you understand the picture that I'm drawing? Don't let the key, the core things leave your life. The Bible is really clear, you know, have a personal relationship with Jesus, with Jesus at the center of our room. We must have a relationship. We must be planted and connected with the church. So my sermon title this morning is simply this, make room. What I'd like you to do is please, I, I need you to write some stuff down for me today um, at the tail end of this message. But if you want to take the, the, the title, um, it's called Make Room. At some point, gentlemen, that helped me with this, I'll get you guys to clear it so that the worship team uh, can do their thing afterwards. Does this look really messy? Great. Okay. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of clutter in our lives. Um, and who, who here is like a hoarder during lockdown? Like you're just like, I want to buy lots of stuff. I need lots of things. Any hoarders? What about a sorter? Like I'm, I'm sorting through. Oh my gosh, you just seen Hannah. She would like send me pictures. And be, I'm like, how's your day? And she's like, oh, it's awesome. And I'm like, oh, cool. She's had a great relationship, you know, great day connecting with our daughter. Or, or maybe she's, you know, had a really great God time. And then she just sent me pics of all of like the tidy stuff in the cupboards. And she's like, it's amazing. I was like, it's cool, okay. So are you a hoarder, are you a sorter? What about if you're borrowing stuff from other people? You know, to get a little deep, but perhaps you're borrowing secondhand offenses. Because in lockdown, what happens is when you are disconnected, what do you feel? It ain't rocket science. You feel disconnected. And so sometimes you feel disconnected from that person or that person's upset. And so you've taken in a secondhand offense. So maybe are you a borrower or are you a thrower as well? Are you a person that's throwing stuff out of your room? We need to encounter Jesus. I reckon lockdown is a great reset. There is no reason, this is your first Sunday back in person, right? And if you're watching at home, you know, we're, we're, going, we're coming into a new season like that word from Kristen Williams. And I'm excited about that new season. And let's be hungry Let's be, um, let's be willing to look at the rubbish in our room and go, you know what? I actually don't need this in here. Maybe I don't need this. Maybe I don't need that. So there's a few things I need to keep. Are you with me so far? Make room. Um, you know, in Isaiah 7, it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and we shall call it and call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel um, in the Hebrew is uh, a part of three words, God with us. You probably know this. So it literally means God is with us or God is in us. In our space, God is with us at all times. Now we can move him out, but his presence can always come back in on request. You know, the thing I love about this, this idea that it means that God is for us and because God is outside of time, he has always included us in him, in his plan, even before humanity, that he has designed us to be God with us, God in us, which I get excited about. So God is here. I want to tell you a quick story um, out of Mark chapter 2. 
Jesus is, is, is in his second year of ministry, right? And he is uh, in a place called Capernaum, and uh, he is healing, and he is seeing miracles. Well, people are seeing miracles through the ministry of Jesus. And it's spreading like wildfire, more than something else. Um, it's spreading and spreading, and it's running like a small, cute little child up the... Hey! She's like, I need that wedding dress. Not yet, sweetheart. <laughs> um, and people are crowding around this house. People are crowding around where Jesus is, um, and they're bringing their blind, they're bringing people with demons, there are all sorts of things. And there's this guy, we don't know his name, his name's Horatio, I looked it up. <clears throat> um, and he, oh, I didn't, sorry. Um, and him and his friends, his mates, his family members maybe, they said, man, we've got to get you there. So they, they, they get him on a little bedded thing, and they walk him, um, a whole bunch of them, to this place. You will know the story, most of you. And then they're like, you know what, the room is full. It's a full room filled with people that are needing Jesus and are, are, are there to observe. Now, at that point, they had every reason to turn away and go, it's full. You know, there's, it just doesn't make sense for us to get there. But they, 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 they held on to a simple truth that we should make room for those that are in need. And that what did these guys do? They went over and beyond. They like pulled some tiles off, got rid of some thatching, smashed a hole in this person's roof. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have been stoked uh, if we have a really busy like meeting at our house. Please don't break through the roof. We'll put you somewhere else. But these guys did it. And they, at a cost, they were like, no, we need to get this guy in the room. We need to make room for him. And how many people, are, has anyone ever been to a mosh pit? Come on, who, who has? Right? You're like sitting there, you're like, oh man, not a single person could fit in here. And then like 10 dudes with mohawks come in and you're like, yeah, there's room. And everybody jumps in and you're like 50 people in this room. They just made room. They just pushed everybody in and everybody just went, sweet. And so they lowered him in and he got healed. We must make room and we've got to do whatever we need to do to keep Jesus as the focus. So right now in lockdown, at the tail end of lockdown, my, my question to you is what do you need to do? And we're going to unpack that right now. What we need to do is we don't want to confuse busyness with fruitfulness either. Man, I'm so busy. I'm doing so many things. Are you? Or are you just being busy for the sake of it? On the flip side of that, what I also don't want to see people is just handing stuff over because they're like, oh, you know, I threw out the bride dress because I wanted space for my guitar or I wanted space for my beanbag, right? But there are things that we're holding in our lives that perhaps we don't need. Perhaps, we, perhaps we're just making ourselves busy because we in turn think it's fruitfulness. God wants connection with us. God wants to encounter him. Everything else, team, is peripheral. It's relationship with Jesus that is the main thing. And that is why for our cornerstones, our first thing, it's presence, God's presence in our life. It has to be key. Otherwise, I'm not interested, as will many of you be. So how do, how do we make room for God? The first thing is, if you're writing this down, we need to reach out to God. Because uh, spiritually, a lot of the stuff we can't do ourselves. Right now, I could not carry that cross out of here or move it around overly well by myself. Sometimes we need to just reach out to God and say, God, first, identify in me the things that I need to let go. 
or the things I need to bring back into my room, whether it's the bride dress or moving this into a, into a center position, help out. Reach out to God and ask Him to make room in your life. Next one is we must obey what God has asked us to do. Now, I remember we did that um, series a few months back, feels like a long time ago, on obedience. And I remember saying to someone, oh, we're doing obedience. And they're like, you're preaching on obedience in church? That's not very sexy. And I was like, no, it isn't. But it's important because God is not just our Savior. He is our Lord, right? He's our Lord. He lords over our life. So we must obey. And I will listen to a God who's outside of time and space when he says, hey, there's something in your life, Dre, that you need to remove or add or tidy up. Wave your hands if that's you. Are you going to listen to God? So to, to, to make room, we must reach out to God, ask Him. Then we must obey when He actually gives us a command. And then there's a little bit of organization required. Okay, we've got to organize things a little bit. We've got to move stuff around, listening to God, obeying what He's asking. He'll give you instructions. Listening to the wise counsel of our friends and family. And then the last one, M, to make room, we must meditate on God. Because here's the thing. How many people know with kids, you tidy a room and then this magical thing happens. You go away and it comes back and there's like an ex a grenade of like Lego and toy. Anyone else? Or is it just, I mean, it doesn't happen to us. We're perfect. Um, but we have to, we, you know, God just doesn't change our life. He's changing our life. It's always a form of process. And that's what we need to do here. We need to meditate on God and continue asking him every day, God, have I got unforgiveness in my room? Have I got bitterness, jealousy in my room? Have I got this in my room? Have I, am I, am I, if I, do I have you at the center? I could probably try and move them over. Let's not do that. Probably crack me in the head. Um, but have I got you at the center? Continuing to meditate on God on a regular basis. So if you want to make room, reach out to him, obey him, have some organization in your life, and then meditate on him regularly, asking him to continue to reveal to you the things that you need. All right. Hey, I think there's three things. I was praying. I think there's a lot more, but I really felt like God said that there were three barriers. Perhaps you look at your room and you're like, you know what? I've got this wall and this wall and this wall, but I really feel like God is wanting to extend, expand my room. But I've got this barrier. Now, and this one, and this one. And here's just three that I felt like God was saying. But I think three ways that we are not encountering God, three issues, barriers that we're having in our rooms, are these three. We have distractions, we have an apathy towards the things of God. And there's a hurt, that's there's a barrier or a blockage in our relationship with God. Distractions, apathy, and hurt. Don't let the world numb you. So if we look at distractions, don't let the world numb you and blind you by its unlimited distractions. Taste and see that he is good. Now, there are a lot of distractions out there. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 says this, I am saying this for you, for your benefit. This is Paul. Uh, he talks about a lot of stuff previous to this, but his point is not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Paul knew that we easily get distracted. Now, here's the thing. Here's a truth bomb. Are you ready? Sometimes 
we put church stuff, Christian stuff, ministry stuff between us and Jesus. And it's become a distraction. But you go, well, no, no, pastor, how could serving the Lord be a distraction? I go, well, are you still connecting with him? He wants you to do that, but he wants you to do that in a relationship where you can be close and connected with him. What else, what other things are distracting you? Um, I was thinking about this, um, and I don't want to talk about the topic um, at all, explicitly or specifically, but I do think that we're in a season, I'm talking to a lot of people, we're in a season where many Christians are being massively distracted. Now tell me, if the enemy is wanting people to come away from relationship, put stuff in front of you, are you going to notice a massive ogre or a massive bear in front of you? Yes, and you're probably going to fight that thing. But what about if the distraction is just, you know, it's Christian, or it's, or it's a theology, or it's an idea, but it's got you so focused on that that you're no longer focused on God, right? And, and this is already talked about in 2 Timothy. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, um, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Isn't that an interesting picture? Now, I'm not speaking to anything in particular, but I do think if all of your time, effort, resources, time on the internet is on one particular thing, and it is in the, if it's more than what your relationship is with God on a, on a general basis, then it is a distraction in your life. It's a hard truth, right? But it's a distraction. And some of you go, no, but people need to know. People need to, yeah, they do. But you are so focused on that. You're no longer, you've got, you haven't got him in your room. You're standing out in the car park screaming at people. Sound doctrine. We hope at Cornerstone here that we, we've got a, a nice variety of different teachings and styles and, and we want to go through Old Testament, New Testament books and then we have topical stuff. We, we hope that we are aiming towards sound teaching. But what that, I think that picture practically looks like is where you go, I'm only consuming material and resources that feed into this theology or thought process or worldview. If you are... Right now, your heart should be thumping a little bit. So I'm not having a go at what your belief system is or what your viewpoint or worldview is. I'm just saying, sorry if I hurt you. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> Apathy. Mark 14. Watch and pray, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, that you may not intend to temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I've noticed as a pastor that many people want and desire some relationship with God, but it's hard work, man. You look at this and go, man, my room is messy. Look at that sweet beanbag over there. I could watch some Netflix right now. Why do I walk like that? I don't know. It's not how I walk. <laughs> and they're sitting in their beanbag, chilled out. Now they love Jesus, desire God, but for whatever reason, there's a disconnect. 
And you just, your, your first love, your pat, man, I should preach from a beanbag more often. That's comfy. Can I ask, is anyone brave enough to say that they've lived, either now or in the past, a period of their life where they've just been apathetic to church and to the things of God? Oh, <laughs> I thought maybe it might just be me. <laughs> I think that's a barrier. And, and you've got to, you want to see Jesus and encounter God's presence because God's presence ultimately is what changes people. Right? Can be, theology helps and conversations and, and PowerPoints can help, but it's the encounter with the one true living God that changes lives. Right? So we want that. So I think that that is an issue. So apathy is an issue. Distractions are a barrier to our room growing. And then the third one is hurt. Uh, and I use this, which doesn't necessarily mention hurting, but when we think about hurting, we know that often there's a lack of trust involved in that process. And Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. There's a bit of an answer there for people that are hurting. But how many people know <laughs> that hurting can be a really tough thing to pass through? Now you might, be, you might have someone in your family that has wronged you. Maybe you're hurting emotionally. Maybe you've got a relationship that's split. Maybe you're hurting because you need or you feel like you're meant to be in a relationship and you're not. Maybe you're hurting because this person said this or did that. Or maybe, really felt God on this one. Maybe the church has hurt you. And I want to say this publicly. I haven't asked anyone else, but I'm sure they'll be with me. Publicly, if we've ever wronged you or you felt like we've wronged you, we apologize. You know, we're not perfect by any means. We will make mistakes. But also, more importantly, I wanted to do this this morning. I know there's someone here this morning that for me to represent all Christian leadership, I want to say we're sorry. We're sorry. I will say sorry for them, for your last church, for that, that connect group leader, for, for that, uh, that pastor, for whatever it was that hurt you. We're sorry, that wasn't our intent. And that hopefully God is the one that with this hurt, once you've identified it's a barrier, that he can move and grow you. Right? Distractions, apathy and hurt. Three things that can be barriers to our room growing. What I'd like to do, can I have the guys come up and toddy this up for me, please? That sounds like a... Yeah, tidy up your room. <laughs> I've employed other people. I've subcontracted it out. Thanks, team. If you could just, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, Hannah's going to sing a song. And what I'd like you guys to do, and I really want you at home as well, this is where I want you to write down, if you feel, ask the Holy Spirit, God, which one of these three things do you think that I fall into? Coming out of lockdown, wanting to grow my relationship with you and to make room for you, God. Which one of these three is it? Am I being distracted by peripheral things? Am I apathetic to the things and to the nature of God? Or am I carrying hurt that is stopping me? So the first thing I need you to do is ask yourself, which one of those three are you? I'm going to pray. Uh, thanks, Hannah. And then we're going to, 
I'm going to ask a question. Holy Spirit, reveal in our hearts right now. Lord, we don't just want information. We want to see transformation that is through you and you alone. Grow us, Lord. Connect us, Jesus. So right now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would go hurt. That's the one you've got, Horatio. It's apathy. It's being distracted from who you are called to be. The mandate to love God and love others is no longer your priority, but rather this myth or rather this, as the Scripture says, or, or this, this worldview or theology. Ask God right now, just in your own heart, which one? Or it might be a fourth or fifth one. It could be up to you. It's fine. Holy Spirit, just in this next 10 seconds, even at home, reveal to us what it is. Distractions, apathy or hurt. Okay. What I'd like you to do is once you feel like you've identified or one that you're interested in, is write down these things. Distractions. A bit of a thought process, a little bit of a how-to with your phones. Invite Him into your life again. Step into His presence here and now. Hannah's going to do a song for us. Ask for clarity or confirmation. Lord, is this what you're wanting me to talk about? Is this, is this the issue you've got for me? Ask for forgiveness. It goes a long way. Lord, I've, I, I've made a mistake. I've been far too excited about this in my life and I've let you be pushed to the corner of my room. Ask for forgiveness. Then ask, what do you want me to do, Jesus? So if you're a distractions, write those down really quick. And um, similarly, <laughs> um, apathy. Invite Him in again. <laughs> Step into His presence. Ask for clarity or confirmation on this. Ask for forgiveness. And ask for a fresh encounter of His presence. Then ask, what do you want me to do with this, Jesus? We want transformation, not information. Information's good. And often transformation happens through information, for sure. But ultimately, our goal is to be transformed and be made like Christ. So are you a little bit apathetic to the things of God at the moment? Write those down. And then lastly, hurt. Invite him in again. Step into his presence. Ask for clarity. Ask for forgiveness. Ask him to minister to you now. And then ask, do you, what do you want me to do, Jesus? Because often there's a response to this sort of stuff. Hey, you need to respond. You need to tell that person they hurt you and that you forgive them if, you, if that's what the appropriate course is. We need to make room for God. We need His presence. We need Him in our lives. Wherever you are, I pray that you're not distracted there's any number of distraction right now, but if you can just, my big point is this, God wants to connect with you. Sometimes we need to declutter. What do you need to do? Those are the three things. 
How do we grow in that relationship with God? What I'm going to do is if your distractions at some point in this next song, Hannah, I'm going to just say stand. And if you are a person that is struggling with distraction right now, um, we are going to, from afar, because we've got God is everywhere. He's omniscient. (laughs) We can pray and we're going to just lay our hands towards you and pray that God does something in your heart around being distracted. Now, there'll be other people, so don't be embarrassed to stand by yourself. And those at home, you can do it, right? Like if someone's looking through your window, firstly, that's weird. Tell them to go away. But secondly, they might just think you're doing the national anthem or something. Just stand uh, in your living room and you can be like, yeah, this is me. I'm distractions. Then I'll just say, sit down and then I'll call up the next group. If you're apathetic, feel free to stand up and we're going to pray for you. But I want you to listen to these lyrics. We must make room. Thank you, Jesus. 
Father, we thank you. Right now, Lord, we pray that you would be the focus right now in these people's minds and hearts. That you would be in the forefront of their thinking when they wake up. Lord, when the distractions come, Holy Spirit, remind them, I'm a child of God. I will not be distracted. I will not be moved away even from good things. They will not get in between me and my relationship with God. I declare that over you right now. In Jesus' name. Grab a seat. Thank you, Jesus. person or you're connected and you know them I'd love you to lay a hand on your shoulder if you're comfortable, if you're not just let them know but do that right now as we sing that chorus one last time, those at home we're with you, we lay hands on you right now, we thank you for your boldness to stand up and we want to say that we're with you, we love you and right now wherever you are we pray you feel the presence of God thank you Jesus let's sing together Amen. 
Lord, you are the healer. Speak to these hearts right now. I pray for broken wings to be restored in the name of Jesus and the function of flying like you did before to be back in the name of Jesus. Could we all stand? Stand with them. Let's let this last chorus just be a declaration that we make room that His presence is key and important in our lives. If you want to, if you, there's something around submitting to Him, if you want to kneel, feel free to do that in a, in a place of respect and honour to our Lord. If you want to raise your hands, that's fine. I'd love to call you all to the front, but I'll probably get my hands slapped. Thank you. Let's just raise our voices. connection over the next week I ask that you would talk to significant people in your relationships uh, around you and say do you see something in my room ask God is there anything else what stuff do I need to add do I need to bring back a heart for the for the bridegroom again am I apathetic towards the things of religion and church Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. And we pray that you would come. We make room for you in our lives. We shift everything else. We do that so that you can be the Lord of all. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you.